Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. You know, the Greater St. Louis Association of Black Journalists is honoring three local legends with a prestigious award. Cleora Hughes, Odell Mitchell Jr., and Ruthie Zale. They are being recognized for their distinguished careers and for breaking barriers. It was St. Francis County is what it was called, St. Francis County, Arkansas. And uh, it was a sharecropper's farm. And uh, you, you did the work. You got your groceries from the company store, and then when you got paid, they took most of it back. I came from the South, where there was true hatred, where you had to get off the sidewalk if a white person was coming, where my grandfather liked um, Prince Albert Tobacco. You had to say Mr. Prince Albert Tobacco in order to get it without somebody jumping on you. I mean, it was, it was a, very, uh, a very bad time. The person who helped me the most was John Buckner. His mother is Julia Davis. It's a library name for her. And he told us, encouraged us that we could do it. We could miss. See, you have to know that something is possible. You know, if you're a little kid sitting in a cotton patch with your mom, surrounded by army worms, you don't think anything's possible. Somebody has to let you know. I was an accountant, and I went to uh, Harris Teachers College at that time, white school and the black school were separated. I went to the white school. And then I went to uh, Lincoln University in Jeff City. And then I went to Forest Park. And uh, after I had graduated from there, because I had taken statistical analysis, that's where I started at the Post, in the statistical department. And then I worked my way up. I went back to school St. Louis University, I was given a scholarship by the Ford Foundation. At the Post, when I was in the library, some of the reporters did not want me to look up material for them. They want me to put my little hands on it. You know, there was a lot of resentment because um, I looked at the ladies in the statistical department and all their things, fingers were gnarled because they wrote everything and I said, well, I can type. And so I was given a typewriter and that caused resentment. So, you know, it was always something. My mother told me don't let them make you leave. I had a column that said, what's cooking? And the lady before me did mostly upper class people, but I did everyone. I did uh, handicapped people, because they have to eat too. And I did children. There were children who cook. And I just tried to make it interesting to everyone. There were lots of challenges. Uh, some people didn't believe that I worked for the Post. Uh, I remember having to do something at the Chase Man did not believe I worked at the Post. And Joe Pollock, who was a big time food writer, was there and he had to vouch for me. But it was like that, I go, you don't have to go to somebody's house, they do the same thing. 
I remember going to a church and a man, my girlfriend and I, and the man put us out because he said it was a white church, a church. He said it was a white church. It was a very, uh, a very bad time. And uh, I was just happy to be out of it. And I, and I would force myself to go to these places. Uh, I would go because you have to be strong. Growing up with my parents and some of my parents teaching me, my coaches teaching me, um, guys that I grew up with who were older than me um, wouldn't let me do certain things. You know, I grew up, you know, grew up in East St. Louis, Brooklyn. I grew up with a lot of guys doing drugs and stuff like that in my era. One thing that, I, that kept me going is my mom. My mom was a prayer, and I never understood it. Um, we'd walk in the house. I get through this and see her kneeling beside the bed every night praying never understood it until I started seeing one of my brothers got uh, shot both of my two of my older brothers passed away but my mom's faith saved me one of my brothers came home from Vietnam his name was Tommy his name is Tommy he's still alive he came up with a camera and I was in high school and I wanted to, I, I got my senior picture taken. I said, right, I think I might want to be a photographer. I didn't know what kind or anything like that. My mom bought me a camera at Old Grant store on credit. <laughs> you know? I went to Iowa State. My major was journalism, you know, and I had an emphasis in visual communication. And we had a core guys who wanted to be photojournalists. We had some teachers who taught us how to be photojournalists. There's a picture in Jacksonville. I covered the Klan, the head of the Klan. As a photojournalist, I'm, a, I'm basically a writer with a camera. Okay, so I need to tell the story. I need to, I need to, if I'm doing it with a report, I need to make sure, try to make the pictures sort of match up with the story that it tells the story, that what, we, what the person is seeing. Young man who used to work for the Associated Press, Cliff, Cliff Schiappa, that I knew from University of Missouri, he was down for a wedding for one, one of his friends that was from Missouri that worked at, at the Times Union. And he said, hey, um, you guys are open at the, at the Post-Dispatch. I said, really? I want to get back home. I, you know, my family was here, and I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." I remember coming here to interview, um, and it was, you know, Post Dispatch was a little bit different. And, and kept saying, "Look, we are news and news feature newspaper. We chase news." And I look back on, you know, a young guy grew up in Brooklyn, Illinois, grew up in East St. Louis, Illinois, and took a picture of the, of the first black president of, of, the, of South Africa, at the tip of the of Africa, the bottom tip of Africa, taking a picture of the Pope praying in the cathedral in St. Louis. I tell kids all the time, whatever you want to do, if you're determined, you'll get there. But just don't give up. Because the only person that really can see your dream is you. I remember I was about seven years old. Before TV turned to color, and it was just black and white, I'm looking at this show, and a commercial comes on. For the very first time, I saw a, a, an African-American on a commercial, or on TV, period. And I, I got up, it, was, it must have been in the middle of the day, mom was cooking dinner, and I yell, mommy, mommy, there's a colored person on television. That was a huge deal. Five in the morning, I worked the morning shift. I would uh, rip wire copy, again, another term that young people would not understand. Uh, we had a little teletype room, 
UPI, AP. Then I thought, well, I can take this a step farther. So I said, is it okay to, if there's a news conference and there's nobody available, can I go out and field produce and just, you know, go out, set up the microphone, bring it back, cut it up. I eventually get to go out and do stories with my voice and my name. Police have arrested a second suspect. I got to know the people in PD. Do you know if any of the neighbors smelled gas in the area before the blast? There are a lot of unanswered questions on that. Being a writer, I think, prepared me for being a reporter, because between that and the on-air experience in radio, I thought, you know, I could probably do what they do. The news guys are smiling on me now. It took a while. So, yeah, so I end up at WCPO, my first on-air job. We called the houses of 14 people. A woman I'd come to know very well, the mother of an intern who came. I don't know how I got to know this intern's mom, but we ended up becoming the best of friends. We're still the best of friends today. One of her close buddies is Tom Brokaw. And she felt, I, you know, I would tell her my tales of woe trying to get out of Cincinnati. And she, one day she had a conversation with Tom on the phone and he told her, well, you know, they're looking for five reporters at the St. Louis NBC affiliate. Apparently people have been taking our advice. If I had to do a story that required an expert of some kind, Whenever I could find an African-American, I would use them because so many people in our audience, even today, don't understand. Yes, there are noted African-American doctors and attorneys and government officials and on and on and on. I would say to young people, listen to your elders, um, read a lot. You have more opportunities to have your voice heard in a positive way. Aren't they amazing? Well, the Greater St. Louis Association of Black Journalists presented Cleora Hughes, Odell Mitchell Jr., and Ruthie Zell with the 2019 Living Legends Award. Congratulations to each of them. And coming up on The Pulse, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Eastern Missouri is racing against the clock to accomplish a major goal. We'll tell you about it after the break. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for The Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome back to The Pulse of St. Louis. You know, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Eastern Missouri has launched an aggressive campaign to recruit 90 men in 90 days to be positive role models for young boys in the St. Louis area. Joining me now, Erica Sanders. She's the volunteer recruitment manager and a big sister. And David Onanian. He is president of Transform St. Louis and a big brother. Thank you both for being here. I appreciate it. Erica, let's talk about the campaign. What is it all about? 90 men in 90 days. It kind of what the name says is what it is. We're trying to recruit 90 men to step up and be volunteers in the program, like David, and we're trying to do that in 90 days. So we started at the beginning of October and we're running that through to the end of the year. December 31st will be our last day. That is so awesome. Why is it so important to have role models and particularly men? It's so important for us to have role models for the youth of our community. One, because we don't want them to feel forgotten. We don't want them to feel like they've been overlooked, you know? It's a fun opportunity to connect with a young person and let them see what relationship looks like. I 
truly believe that so much of our world right now is social media based, that they're not having these real touch relationships. And Big Brothers to Sisters gets back to that, having someone right there with you one on one. And what better way to do that in a young man's life than putting another positive young man in his life to talk to him about things that he's experienced, things that he can look forward to, and sometimes just changing the trajectory of where he's going to go in life. I think you're absolutely right. So David, tell me about your situation because you are big brother. Yes. What made you decide to get involved? So great question. Uh, a few years ago before I found this organization, I was kind of unhappy and I didn't know why. Um, had to do some soul searching and found that I wasn't giving back. Um, if you ever heard the saying, the secret to living is giving, um, I kind of experienced that firsthand. Uh, the day that I was matched with my little brother actually changed my life. And I'll never forget the words that his aunt said to me that day after being on the waiting list for three years. She said, my prayers have been answered. Wow, wow. And how long have you been a big brother now? For two years now. And so what kinds of things do you do with your little brother? Yeah, great question. Um, it's really just being there for them and, and they want to experience things that kids usually experience. So have fun. Uh, we my little brother 17 years old so it gives me a chance to act like a teenager again uh, we go to trampoline parks we eat pizza and ice cream we play video games ride bikes go fishing uh, it's just a good time and you don't have to have godlike talents or abilities to do this you really just have to show up and and be there for these kids and, and that's all they really need is somebody that can put a smile on their faces. Or a lot of money because people think oh I gotta have a lot of money, I yep. have to have a big schedule and yeah. how much time would you say you spend with your little brother? Yeah so about four hours a month and that's really the target that the organization looks for to really develop a bond. Yeah and, and that's not a lot of time when you think no. about it. Not. Yeah. It actually breaks down to most volunteers break that down to two outings per month. So like with my little sister Savannah, we go out and we hang out, we plan to hang out twice a month. If we're able to do a little bit more, of course we do it because we just like spending time together. But those two times a month are what we look forward to. Oh yeah, and I know they appreciate it so much. Yes. Like you said, it's like it's something that they look forward to. It's like Halloween or Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, the major holidays that are coming up and it's like, oh my gosh, I get to hang out with my big sister. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell me about the matching aspect of it because everyone wants to make sure that their children are matched with someone who is safe, yes. careful, yes. responsible, all of those things. So what about the matching process? How does that work? So yeah, we go through, we have a department that just looks at the interviews because everyone goes through an interview process, the kids, the parents, and the volunteers. Everyone goes through that interview process. We do background checks, we check character references. So we do a thorough job because child safety is super important, but so is volunteer safety for us. So we're the first people to go into the homes of the children to just make sure everything's okay and safe for our volunteers. But we have a department that just looks at those volunteer interviews interviews and those kids interviews and matches based on compatibility. So they ask questions like the age range you're interested in working with, your likes, your dislikes. For instance, they found out that I'm a girly girl. I like to get my nails done. <laughs> and so does Savannah. So I'm like, right. we can totally do right. that together. Right. But she also likes arts and crafts, which I do too. She likes to explore new things. So they really took the time to identify what it is that we both like to do and see where you find out that another person likes to do those same things. Awesome. So David, you went through that process too. Absolutely, yeah. So what are the fun things that you like to do or what was it about 
the match process is that sure. that's the one. Sure. So they couldn't find anybody that could play golf with me, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but you could teach them. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, so we, we enjoy riding bikes and going fishing. Uh, one of our favorite outings is just going to Forest Park. And, right. um, you know, it's a free thing you can do with your child, and you don't have to have a lot of money or spend a lot of money to, to do this. So. Yeah, and I'm sure your little brother learns a lot from you, and you learn a lot from him. Oh, absolutely. So tell me, what have you learned from him? Oh boy, uh, number one, patience. So uh, to develop a relationship with somebody that's in a different age group, a different race than you, uh, takes time and uh, building that connection. So that's been one, and then two is uh, gratitude. So you see the environments that these kids are in and you can't help to be grateful for everything that you have and everything that you've been blessed with. And number three, probably courage. Um, the courage to face what's uncomfortable uh, because you see them doing it day in and day out. It's uncomfortable for me to be on the studio set right now on, on camera, but uh, you know, if it helps one other child get a match, it's worth it and it'd be cowardly for me not to do it, so. And you did an awesome job, I want you to do <laughs> <Thank> that. <laughs> <laughs> so Erica, give me a sense of how many children are on the waiting list right now, and not just boys, right. girls too. Right, so that number is kind of going to blow your mind. Right now we have 750 kids on our waiting list. 51% of those are boys. So we are, we are definitely looking for more men right now to kind of break that down because we have so many boys that come and so many women that want to sign up their boys to be a part of the program, but we need just as many women. We need just as many women, and women have a big part, and sometimes they naturally step up and want to do, do this, but we're looking for equal parts. Yeah, and then tell me, what do you look for in a big brother and a big sister? Okay, wow. So uh, <laughs> we look for someone that has a heart for our kids. We look for someone that wants to have fun, that wants to have a friendship. We look for someone that wants to learn and wants to be able to teach a little bit too. But overall, just someone that is really looking to enjoy a friendship with a young person. Yeah. David, were there any surprises in your relationship? What is your, what is your little brother's name? Tradell. Tradell, so yeah. did you have any surprises with Tradell? Well, um, at first it was, it, was, it was a lot of silence, a lot of awkward silence, um, <laughs> but you know, we got through that and, and now we're much better friends and much closer and everything. Um, but as far as surprises, sometimes when you see the environment that they're in, you're like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't know you were going through that type of thing. But it, I mean, it's, it's awesome to be there for them and pull them out of that situation and take them to go do something fun. And it really uh, it puts a smile on their faces. So. Yeah, and Erica, that is important because I think a lot of times um, we lose sight of what our children are going through. We lose sight of the stresses and the pressures that they're involved with. And it's nice to be able to have someone that you can talk to. And, and these big brothers and big sisters, just so folks know, they're not replacing mom and dad. No, no, yeah. not at all. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, at Big Brothers Big Sisters, one of the things that we like to keep in the forefront of people's minds is mom and dad, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, whoever got them enrolled in the program, they're a hero because they've stepped up and they've said, we need help. And sometimes that takes a lot, that's huge. To put aside your pride, put aside your ego and say, I want more for my child, I just don't have the ability to give it to them right now. 
So we definitely champion our parents in the program and our guardians in the program, but we also welcome that additional support. Yeah, so are there any rules or policies regarding whether big brother or big sister can communicate with mom and dad or grandma or whoever is the guardian of the child? No rules really, it's, we want you to get to know them. We want that to be a comfortable relationship too. Your focus is your little brother or sister, but we want you to be able to, and I like to use myself as an example, I know Savannah's dad, uh, we text, I text him happy Father's Day when Father's Day rolled around. I check just to see how things are doing. We have a conversation before Savannah and I ever have a conversation just so I can see how things are going with him because I want him to feel supported too. And that's what I wanted to know. So David, did you go through that process too where you are in touch Absolutely. with your little brother's yeah, parents? Yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, a teenager can sometimes be hard to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, reaching out to his aunt and his caretaker and, and making sure that I've got the right phone numbers and all that stuff. And then, you know, how's the job search going with him? It's good to have another partner at home that's kind of on the same page as you. Right. Yeah. So, Erica, what made you decide to be a big sister? Okay, I've shared this embarrassingly before, so I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and do it now on live TV, I guess. <laughs> So um, when I started with Big Brothers Big Sisters as an employee, that was five years ago, I didn't think it was necessarily the right time for me then. But uh, in years in, I started to just kind of miss that connection that I was seeing people have. And as I was going out and doing presentations, I was still missing some type of a spark. And I thought maybe that's it, but I thought, oh, I don't have time, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I found myself at home one day scrolling through Netflix, looking at previews and saving them for later dates, but never actually watching a movie or a show. <laughs> and I did that for an hour. Oh my And goodness. after that hour, I said to myself, you have some time on your hands. There you go. Let's put it to better use. Mm -hmm. And so Isn't that's that what truth? made me step and, up. And that's what a lot of people don't think that they have the time, that's you know, to invest. Yes. But they really do. People, that is the, I think if there's a one big misnomer in this whole process, people always come up to me and say, oh, I just don't have time. Or I just don't, I don't have the time. Or I have kids, I have a family, I have this. We have so many different ways you can be matched. You can be matched as a big brother, a big sister, but you can also be matched as a big couple or a big family. So you and your family can get involved too. So a wow. lot of times it's just about getting the information and really knowing the different options. Yeah, so David, do you like plan your visits with your little brother or do you guys just wing it? Oh, you can't wing it. No. Can't wing it. Uh, you got a plan. Okay. Got a plan. Put it on the schedule. A pickup time. All that stuff. Uh, right. Um, but it's what's nice is what she said. Like you can bring them home to your family. Like I have young children at home, so I don't have to choose. You know, be with him or be with my children. We can all have fun together, order pizza, and, and have a good time. So. Nice. And so you do that. Yes. Oh my goodness. So how rewarding has this experience been for you? It's been unbelievable. So uh, it's just so cool to, to see you know him smile and and know that uh, we're doing good and it, it's it's awesome and want to continue to do it and help recruit more big brothers and sisters to to eliminate this waiting list that we have. Yeah, and you've been doing it for two years now. Yes. Does it seem like two years? It doesn't. It's flown by. <laughs> <laughs> Time does fly, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> All right, we've got to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit, Erica, about what people can do 
to get involved, who they need to contact, whether it's online or on the phone, whatever, because we're going to meet this goal. All right. 90 men in 90 days. Stay with us. We'll tell you how you can get involved when we come back. Stay with us. Bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. I know you've been dying to know how you can get involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters, and we're going to tell you right now. So, Erica, what should viewers do if they want to get involved? Well, I know you have been showing our website, so that's one of the places that they can go, but they can call me directly. They can call me at 314-615-1041, or you can email me at E-S-A-N-D-E-R-S at B-B-B semo.org and say your your number and your email address one more time i sure will it's 314-615-1041 or they can email me at e s a n d e r s at b b b s e m o dot org perfect so david what would you say to someone who may be wavering about whether they should get involved what would you tell them yeah, I mean, I would say apply to become a big because there are going to be plenty of opportunities to ask questions, find out if it's right for you. And like you guys know, there's no shortage of problems in our community right now, but there is a shortage of people willing to step up and solve those problems. And this is an awesome opportunity for folks to take. So, Well, thank you so much for stepping up. Thank you. And you too, thank you. And thank you guys for being here too. And thank you for joining us for the Pulse of St. Louis. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. And remember, for News 24-7, download the free Fox 2 and News 11 apps. I will see you next time. Thanks so much for being here.